G'day, welcome to On The Road, the number one Australian trucking podcast made for Aussie truckies by Aussie truckies. We're an independent voice in Australian trucking and proudly brought to you by NTI, Australia's leading transport and logistics insurer. It's show 160. This week we've got Andy interviewing Josie again. This is the second time we've had her on the show. What a great little interview. Great tune from her as well. Uh, we've got the news, of course, and Bob's in with something to talk about. A couple of things from Bob there, and uh, quite interesting talking a little bit about progress and people needing to pull their finger out and get behind it. Uh, and we'll take us out of the show with a bit of smash mouth. Let's hit the road. Let's get this show on the road. Yes, get on with it. Our featured music guest this week is a young lady we spoke with a few months ago following the release of her current single at that time called Down Here. She's back in the spotlight again, having just released a brand new single, a song which is beautifully written and recorded with a great deal of passion and emotion. Close to the heart of all of us involved in the road transport business, it's a heartfelt ode to her father, a long-haul truckie with many years and many miles of service to the industry. Her dad has his own name for the song. He calls it The Onion Song because of the tears it brought to his eyes the first time he heard it played to him over the phone. It paints a vivid picture of her childhood, travelling around the country in her father's road train, learning more useful life skills than you ever could in school. No one appreciates the dedication and hard work of the Aussie truckie more than their family, those people who are the very reason truckies keep on doing what they do. Here's one daughter who's very proud of her dad and what he does, and I'm pretty damn sure he's extremely proud of his daughter as well. Let's welcome back to On The Road, the delightful Josie. I'm the daughter of a afraid man. Hey, Josie, it's great to be catching up with you again. Oh, it is great to be here. <laughs> Listen, the last time we spoke, you shared a lot about your life, your health, your family and your trucking father, which was great. And then I'm sent this pre-release recording of your latest single and I'm listening to this wonderful song dedicated to your dad called Freight Man. I believe you actually wrote the song a few years ago. Where did it all come from and why have you decided to release it now? Yeah, so I actually wrote it nearly, I think it's past the six-year mark, or nearly past the six-year mark, right. um, but I wrote it back at the Junior Academy of Country Music in Tamworth. It was a co-write with Travis Collins, right? which was very, very special, and I mean, there's never been one quite like that. Hmm. It all just came from me wanting to tell my story, and pretty much that's all Travis said. He's like, this is your story, this is the song. So we sat there, and the song pretty much wrote itself, and yeah, it was a very special moment, but now to finally have it out there yeah you know obviously it's been such a long time in the making that it's kind of a bit surreal that it's now finally out there but it has just taken me all this time to you know decide on a producer decide on all that stuff and i wanted to do everything the right way and do the song justice yeah so i'm glad that i've waited because it's it's truly been worth the wait and i'm so proud of what i've come up with and rightly so too and i believe your dad calls it the onion song he does call it the onion song <laughs> It's been called the Onion Song from day one, and everyone that knows us and is around us, they know it's also called the Onion Song. So <laughs> nothing quite like the Onion Song. So have you got that in brackets behind the actual title? I actually should have. I should have put that in brackets. Yeah. That would have been ideal. <laughs> yeah, there you go. 
Now, there's an inside story in the song as well, something about you, Bulldust and Tupperware. What's that all about? Yes. <laughs> so that is like my vivid memory of a kid being in the truck was every time that we'd go out and, you know, we'd finish the trip, we'd go and tap all the tyres and get all the bulldust to settle. Yeah. I'd go and just collect it in some Tupperware containers so that I could take it home and play with it <laughs> because, you know, what What else does a bush kid do? Absolutely. So I'd just take it into my room and I'd have this container of bulldust in my room and I'd just go and make like a little Zen garden out of it. You know them Zen gardens yeah. with the rakes? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'd make them out of bulldust. Bulldust. So that was highlight of my childhood. Dad actually collected some bulldust the other day for me to give away at my launch party. So we made little baggies of bulldust. We gave them away to people. Oh, awesome. So it's it's my thing now. It's just the thing. Well, yeah, a, a true Aussie Zen garden. We might have to get in touch with Tupperware and see if we can get them to sponsor oh, the show now with that big free ad they that. just got. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, free ad. Yeah. Now, life's not always easy for the family of a truckie. There's a certain kind of excitement when Dad's due home after a long trip away, I guess. Absolutely. Mm. And that was always like, and I say in the second verse, is, you know, he'd jump on the two-way when he was close to home and send the kids out to the driveway. And that line alone brings up so many memories of us being at home, the kids with Mum, and Mum getting the call from Dad that he's, you know, two minutes away, run up the driveway, get the gate, yeah. you know? Yeah. Like that sort of thing, that excitement that would buzz around when you're like, oh, Dad's coming home, here we go. Yeah. So we'd all be running out, ride our bikes up to the gate, you know, open up the gate, here he comes with his trailers in his driveway and tooting the horn. Yeah. You know, like that That was a very special feeling that you don't realise people just don't know that. No. They haven't had that experience or know what that's like. The feeling of it, yeah. But it is truly such a big part of our childhood when Dad came home. Yeah. So I'm glad that that part made the song because that was a big part of, you know, growing up with a truckie as a dad and he's not always home. So when he does come home, it's it's a pretty exciting time. It's special. Clean out his truck and, you know, all that stuff. Yeah. So, yeah, it is special. Cool. So you yourself personally, was there ever a time you considered becoming a truck driver yourself rather than pursuing your music career? You've been behind the wheel once or twice. Yeah, I mean, I probably did. I truly would have sat in there and been like, right, I'm going to do this one day. But I think more so like visiting the stations and whatnot and going and seeing all the station workers, I also wanted to go out and work on a station and I still really wish that I could do that. I mean, obviously with all the music stuff going on, it's like, how will I make that happen one day? But I'm determined to at least go out on like a little stint and just stay on a station for a bit and do some work because just going out there and seeing that lifestyle and they're out in the middle of absolutely nowhere and it's just incredible. Yeah. Yeah, everything they get up to, I so wanted to be a part of it and I think, yeah, being able to see all that firsthand going out and visiting multiple stations was very special. No one can say that they get to go and have a little, you know, sneak peek at the station life. Yeah. (laughs) So that was really cool. But going out and work and travelling the country, it's something so different. Yeah, it's pretty special. Yeah. I see you're appearing at the Country to Coast Music Festival at the Forest Beach Hotel in Queensland on October 7th. Yes. And playing alongside Travis Collins at the JC Uni Bar in Townsville on the 9th of December. Yes, I'm so pumped for those. (laughs) Any other live shows coming up later this year and into the new year? There are some shows that are in the pipeline. We're still working on them. Yep. But I think the December 9th one with Travis is going to be pretty exciting. I mean, obviously, having co-written this song together, yeah, it's going to be really cool to be able to catch up after it's you know, been out in the world for a few months. Yes. So I'm pretty excited for that one, and hopefully we can you know, have a little jam together, have a chat. So <laughs> I'm pretty excited. But yeah, some cool stuff next year. It's all in the works. I hope I can give some updates on the socials when they get announced. Good o Well, at this point, I'd like to do a little personal call-out to your dad, Alistair. Absolutely. (laughs) 
for what he's done as a truckie, good on you, mate, and also for what he's done producing a daughter that is giving us such wonderful music. So, Alistair, thank you very much, mate. For you, Josie, here's your chance to give a call out to your dad because I know he listens to the podcast. All truckies listen to this podcast. All of them. Yeah, all of them. What would you like to say to him and to all of the hardworking truckies around the country? Yeah, look, I'm so proud of him for all the work he's done. And, you know, without trucks, Australia stops. Yes. It truly is an industry that is not appreciated enough, I don't think, in the mainstream media. And I'm excited to have this song out there to really push for that appreciation and just show how grateful I am to be part of a trucking family. It's something not everyone understands. Yeah. And it's special that I get to, you know, provide this song to kind of give people a bit of an insight. Yeah. So I hope that it builds that appreciation and gratitude. Yeah. Well, you've built a whole new anthem for the industry, which is wonderful. Oh, thank you. Anyway, <laughs> enough of the small talk, Josie. It's time to hear your new single. Once more, would you please do the honours and introduce it for us? Absolutely. Well, this is my second single. It's called Freight Man. And it's all about my dad and the life lessons that he taught me growing up in the truck. And I hope you guys love it. It's called The Onion Song for a good reason. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Josie. Catch you on the flip side. Catch you on the flip side. I'm a daughter of a freight man Who drives them big old road trains all over Queensland And back again He'd take me out there and we drive from Townsville to the middle of nowhere And I'd keep the bulldust from the tires and Tupperware He taught me to dream and how to be on time There was always someone else in a tougher place than mine Take a lot of pride And to never say goodbye When you've got catching on the flip side Yeah, he raised us in a way That only a trucker can I'm the daughter of a freight man I'm the daughter of a freight man Who knows the loans like a map On the back of his own dirt and bitumen He'd get on the two-way When he was close to home Send the kids out to the driveway We could hear him blast that horn From at least a mile away i 
There's nothing more devastating for a truck operator than to be involved in a serious road incident. We've all seen the impact of heavy vehicle accidents and at these times, when people are most vulnerable, it's critical that they have immediate support from a strong, stable, reliable and experienced organisation. NTI is Australia's number one truck insurer, the specialist you can count on to protect your transport and logistics assets, with the know-how to take control of the situation and the capability to reduce lost income by getting trucks back on the road again as soon as possible. Specialist products, experienced people, accredited repair and recovery networks and industry advocacy is what we do. It's our specialty and we've been doing it for more than 45 years. For more information, visit the website at nti.com.au or go to the NTI Facebook page. Here on the road, it's time for the news. Morning, Dr. Mike. How are you doing? Oh, look, I'm... I'm Wonderful, mate. Dr. Mike, where's that come from? I've got no idea. It just <laughs> ran through the head and I ran with it. <laughs> I'm the love doctor. Uh, mate, sounds like there's going to be a, a good turnout for the Lights on the Hill convoy today. Just heard on the radio before that traffic yep. was building up huge yep. at the starting point. Yeah, huge at the starting point. Of course, when our listeners hear this, it'll be history, but uh, Truck yeah. Life are up there today and on the road radio are up there broadcasting today. So. Uh, should be very, very interesting. Time, time stamps when we're doing the news, though, doesn't it? Saturday morning, so there you go. Yeah, it does a bit. But they've got a great day for it. Beautiful day up here. Yeah, yeah. lovely yeah. day. Perfect perfect one day, beautiful the next. Or is it beautiful one day, perfect the next or something? That's how your Queenslanders roll in it? Oh, uh, apparently, yeah, yeah, something like that. When are you guys going to get lucky up there? Victoria got lucky. When are you guys going to get lucky? Oh, <laughs> premier-wise. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, but hopefully it's set a precedent and yeah, the ball's rolling. Rats and sinking ships come to mind, mate. Western Australia, Victoria, New South yeah. Wales. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Anyway, there you go. The beginning yeah. of big things. Well, mm. you never know. I mean, let, let's see who can create the biggest budget deficit with shit they're going to do and then just cancel it. I think Dan's going to hold the all-time record for that one, but anyway. Well, I don't know. Queensland's doing a pretty good job. Anyway, oh, yeah. news we're not talking about, mate. There's plenty of stuff we're not talking about. Right. Uh, we're not talking about the uh, 17 bridges that have got underway on the Coffs Harbour bypass, mind you. Oh, thank God for that. Yep. Yeah, Coffs Harbour's going to be bypassed, but I haven't got time <laughs> to talk about 17 bridges. No. Been a truck driver arrested on the Yam Highway uh, for drugs after he rolled his truck over. We're not going to talk about that. Right. Uh. Easier online access for defect notices for fleet operators. We're not talking about that either. Right. We're not talking about the new trucks with the better manoeuvrability for payload. If you want to talk about that, well, come on, talk about it somewhere else. <laughs> Maxi Maxitrans are offering some refrigeration solutions, which they've been doing for quite some time. Yeah. Not, not really using. 
uh, a waste mini- management company, a, sorry, a waste management company. Can I speak English? Yeah, have a go. A benef- benefiting <laughs> from a new ISUZU. Okay. Sounds, <laughs> like, sounds like sponsored content to me, that one. It does a bit. It does a little bit. ACRS uh, recognised road safety professionals at their award night. We're not talking about that. Uh, there are some things we are going to talk about, though. Perhaps we should get on with those. Well, we certainly will. But before we do, I just wanted to put a flea up your nose because I know you get annoyed about this sort of stuff. But I know you've lost a lot of faith in both the NRL and the AFL, Mike, over the years. <laughs> just, a, just a little bit, yeah. But nonetheless, it's the big ones at the back end of the season with Collingwood taking on Brisbane in Melbourne in the AFL and the Panthers going head-to-head with the Broncos in Sydney in the NRL. Yeah, I get it. You know what the best part about this is? Yeah. When these matches are over... Yeah. It'll be it for a little while. But anyway, go yeah. on. Yeah, get all the ads off TV. Yeah. Well, they've been collectively referring to the, the Broncos and the Lions as the Bryans up here in Brisbane. <laughs> oh, really? We've got very clever radio jocks up this way. Right, eh? Anyway, whoever you support, guys, good luck to the grand finals. Yeah. And uh, hope your team gets up. And um, I won't say where I'm putting my money, but there you go. <laughs> But it reminds me of the story of the time when God and the devil were having an argument and decided to settle the dispute by having a footy game between heaven and hell. And God said jokingly, probably not fair really because all the good players go to heaven. Yeah. Quick as a flash, the devil said, yeah, maybe, but we've got all the referees. (laughs) A lot of truth in that one. There is a lot of truth in that one. And, uh, I mean, obviously uh, by the time the listeners hear this, we'll we'll have... uh, have the results to hand. Everyone will know who's won. I will say that uh, if Collingwood do happen to win, I'll have a bit of a subtle laugh to myself. And if they happen to lose, I'll laugh even more. <laughs> You're a cruel man. Cruel but fair. Oh, well, yeah, ex-wife's a Collingwood supporter, mate. What are you gonna say? I, mean, I, I was tortured. What can I say? There you go. <laughs> Well, mate, the big news for this week, the federal government has announced an increase in width limits for trucks fitted with the most modern safety technologies in a move that's been welcomed by the NHVR. It's a move that's been welcomed by a lot of people in NHVR. HVIA have all said that this is a fantastic thing, and I'm sure Volvo and Mercedes are going to be ecstatic mm. because what it's going to mean is that it's going to allow these wider cab Euro trucks to, uh, to come into the country. Uh, the cynic in me says that there's been a hell of a lot of lobbying going on yeah, these uh, these Euro trucks that are just a you know, a, a couple of inches wider have uh, been wanted to be brought into the country for a while. It's why we couldn't get uh, things like the the uh, Freightliner Coronado when it first came out mm. because they were just a little bit too wide. Yeah, it's re- the reason why we couldn't have things like the tank skirts and everything like that because they're just a little bit too wide. My personal view, obviously, is that if you're that close to a truck, uh, that uh, 50 millimetres makes a difference then, mate, you're too, yeah. too close. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the NHVR have welcomed the announcement recently from the Australian government increasing the widths, saying that's going to allow safer freight vehicles uh, packages to be increased on the road. Sal Petrosito uh, said the regulator had long advocated for increased harmonisation of Australian vehicle standards with the global standard. And he's mm. right. We're in a small market. We don't sell a lot of trucks in Australia compared to other places in the world. Mm. Just plain stupid that we've separated ourselves from the rest of the world with some silly design rules. Mm. The other part about it is now is we need to make the trailers wider. Just the same by the same amount. 
Uh, yeah, so it was what two point five zero to two point five five. Is that right? Something some, like that. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, yes, two point five zero to two point five five. That's correct. So, right. It's just a, it's a couple of it's it's a couple of inches. That's it. Yeah. It's yep. it's it's nothing in the scheme of things. Mm. But those extra couple of inches of width, for example, in a in a uh, a car carrier trailer, uh, makes it that much easier to to cart the cars that we like to drive around today. You know, yeah, because they've got they've, well, they've got wider and lower, mm. and uh, it just makes it a little bit harder. I was having a chat with my mate Alan Norton about this, and he he uh, carts exotic cars for for a living. Um, that's mm. what, that's what he does. And um, I saw him; he sent me some photos of putting a, a Ford F two fifty in the back of one of his trailers, and there's just millimeters to spare on either side. Yeah, and of course, if you get it even subtly wrong. Uh, there's a big damage bill, indeed. And, and you know, uh, and it's the same with the other the other exotic cars that he casts. Now, look, we we all can't afford to buy the exotic cars, but if he just had an extra couple of inches, his business would be able to, you know, be a little bit more comfortable, give him a little bit more wiggle room, so to speak. Well, um, they've been saying that for years, haven't they? A couple more inches, everything would be more comfortable. <laughs> that's that's right. Hmm. And look, it's not going to make that much difference. Well, it's not going to make any difference. Uh, and what it means is we're going to be able to see a lot more of these Euro trucks on the road. And, of course, uh, the next thing that we'll be lobbying for will be an increase on the steer weight, uh, on, the, on those steer axles, to make it a little bit easier for those imported European electric trucks. But that's another story, and that's something that will happen down the track, I'm sure. Uh, the safer freight vehicles package is available to be looked at uh, on the web address which I'll put in the show notes you can go and have a look at it uh, everyone's quite happy about it and look what's to not make you happy if we can get some of these better Euro style trucks over here and uh, some of the bigger American ones as well would be nice so mm-hmm. I would I would love I would love to see a VNL Volvo for sale in Australia I reckon the thing would go off well, Mike, the New South Wales Special Minister of State, Roads, the Arts, Music, the Nighttime Economy, Jobs and Tourism, John Graham, has announced that the toll-free M12 motorway has passed a major construction milestone with over a third of construction completed and groundwork underway on 14 of the 17 bridges across the project. We weren't going to talk about that. We're not, we're not, we're not talking about that, though. Ah, that's right. I just realised that. I'm glad we did it, though, because I, I just wanted to be able to say the New South Wales Special Minister of State, Roads, the Arts, Music, the Nighttime Economy, Jobs and Tourism. There's a title. How big a business card does that man need? Uh, I don't know. I, I, do, I want to know what he does after lunch. <laughs> He's probably waiting to find out himself. Oh. Made a B-double driver who parked up for the night in Coffs Harbour gave a would-be fuel thief the fright of his life when he spotted the grubs setting up the siphon fuel from one of his tanks. He did. He sat there and he was watching it happen. He was parked at the back of Amart and uh, he watching the guy there and he pressed the button and set all the lights and everything up and frightened him. I would love to have been there to see that. I would have loved to have been there because I reckon there'd have been a little bit of a little bit of a brown stain in his underwear. <laughs> so. Yeah, adrenaline coloured brown and all that. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear, oh dear. Old mate's been a full-time truck driver for over 20 years. This is the first time he's ever seen this or had it happen. Mm. Body truck parked a couple of streets away from where he lived. They couldn't get the cap off, so they cut the hose. You know, the, the thing of it is, 
our uh, cost of living crisis is really starting to bite. And mm-hmm. fuel theft is one of those things that does happen from time to time. I've actually had a tank drained on one of my trucks. Oh. But at $2 a litre, uh, I went and filled my Triton up the other day mm. at the uh, the service station. It was over $200 to fill my Triton up. Yeah. yeah. Um, we've got a, a Holden tracks. It cost $100 to fill that up. Mm. A mate of mine I was talking to on the phone the other day, first thing he said to me, mate, fuel. Cost me over $100 to fill my daughter's I-30 up. Yeah. It's just ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous, the price of fuel. And the way it fluctuates is is just, it, that's another thing that's absolutely ridiculous. The, the amount of taxes we pay on our fuel mm. and, you know, the, the volatility of the fuel market is just ridiculous. So we're seeing that now manifested in things like this guy having a crack at stealing this diesel. All I can say to anyone out there is be careful where you park, so you have to make sure you can park in, a, in street lit areas. I mean, we've got this. We've also got the assaults and the robberies on drivers. Yeah. All this stuff's going up. Mm. It, it is all going up. So what can you say apart from the fact that uh, you've just got to be aware of where you are and what's going on around you yeah. and do the best you can to keep yourself safe? Lock your doors on your cab when you're asleep. Mm. Have some lock and fuel caps, I suppose. And... Yeah, if you get the chance, buddy, uh, give the fuel thieves a bit of a scare. But you know, the, the main thing about this, I will say to you, don't get out and confront these guys. Blow your horn, call the cops, do whatever it is, but don't get out of the cab, mm. whatever you do. Mm. Stay in the cab, because once you get out of the cab, if there's more than one of them, there aren't very many guys around there that can handle themselves that well. Yeah. And uh, why take a stupid risk over a few hundred bucks worth of diesel? Not to mention the risk of getting assault charges and things anyway. So. Well, there's that too. I mean, you, you, you can defend yourself. Uh, what happens if it all goes wrong? Yep. You know, jump out of the uh, jump out of the cab with a binder bar in your hand. You better be ready to use it. Hmm. Uh, and if you do, uh, you might have a problem. Yes. So best to stay in the cab and just call the cops and you know, be done with it. Keep your eyes peeled. Well, Mike, it's been 14 years since the last time they raised the toll charges on the Sydney Harbour Bridge and Tunnel, but it couldn't last forever, so subsequently from October 29, get ready to fork out 6.8% more for your trip across or under the harbour. A bit of of bottom of the harbour going on. Mm -hmm. That's just a historical reference for anyone that knows. Yes. Uh, I've only really got sort of a, a couple of things to say. You know how I feel about tollways, right? Yes, very well. So I want to ask what they've done to improve the service to people that warrants them charging more. Have they improved the trip times? Mm. Have they improved the road surface? Mm. Have they made life happier for anyone? The answer to all those questions is no. So inflation. Inflation. Mm. Well, inflation happens because people put prices up. Yes, funny that. Now, I, and look, I, I've yet to uh, I, I've yet to understand how inflation drives up the interest rate on mortgages, mm. um, but no one else. Yep. So, 
there's a whole can of worms there. I probably really shouldn't even start on that because we're talking about tolls. Toll revenue is helping us target toll relief to where it's needed most with suburbs like Kellyville, Silverwater, Blacktown, Quakers Hill, Rose Hill and Gosford yep. amongst those where most motorists will claim cash back. So they're talking about the rebate they've offered of $540 a year. I'm going to give a rebate while I put the toll up. Mm. Rob Peter to pay Paul. It doesn't make any sense to me. From Sunday, October 29, the toll will be $4.27 in the peak period, $3.20 in the off-peak period, and $2.67 at night. It really, really does make me wonder. Weekday peak hour return from Liverpool to Campbelltown on the CBD to the CBD M5 Southwest M5 Eastern Eastern Distributor hmm. is now going to cost $35.54. Great. Right? 2009 hmm. it was $12.60. So in 2023 it's it's $35.54. Now if you do that five days a week right? We're getting up around 180 bucks. Mm. So you've got to make 180 bucks just to go to work and back. Yeah. Before you do anything else, without paying for any fuel, without anything else. And when you think about how many cars, this is just for cars too. This is not trucks. Mm-hmm. So when you think about how many cars you're sitting there in the car park with, and they're charging every single one of those <laughs> that much for their trip on that leg, how much money are these scumbags making out of it? Yep. You know, I really can't understand for the life of me. It really doesn't make any sense to me at all. Mm-hmm. So they say that you can't, you know, you've, you've got to use the tollways, et cetera, et cetera, and if you're in a truck, you do, you don't have a choice. If you go up Pennandils Road in a truck, you're going to get a fine. We'll do that because the government made a sweetheart deal with Transurban and put these buddy cameras there to stop you mm. from going up there. So you can't legally drive your truck on a road you used to be able to legally drive it on simply because we want you to use the motorway, which directs you to pay money to a private corporation. Tell me tell me that's right. Now, to me, that's just morally wrong to, to, for the government to force you to do that, particularly when it's your fuel taxes and your registration fees, your money that you pay out, that you're already being taxed on, by the way, built the road, Yeah. why can't you use it? Mm. Um, I, I could swear here. I really could. But, mm. uh, I mean, you know how I feel about all this. To me, this is just fundamentally wrong. And everyone's saying, oh, look, it's wonderful. We're going to get all this all this relief and all these, these things. If we're going to get relief... Why are we paying more money? Just don't give anyone any relief and don't charge them the money. Not rocket yeah. science. Yeah. Scumbags. Indeed. Well, mate, there's a, a rumour that after being MIA for a couple of weeks, there's some uh, breaking news. There is some a beep, 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 breaking news. There is. Indeed. Go for it. Mate. Truckies on the Yim Highway at Maroolan should be ready for some delays. The reason why we should be ready for some delays is because the roughest piece of road in Australia mm. is going to be fixed. Right. I can't, now, if you remember, yeah. ages ago, we had a chat with Jenny Aitchison. 
mm-hmm. and she said to me that it would be around October there was work going to be happening on the Hume Highway at the Weybridge at Maroolam. Right. Well, guess what? It's happening. It It's happening. Good God. I don't understand. It restores your faith in humankind, doesn't it? It does, doesn't it? So there's going to be a reduced speed limit of 60 kilometres now in place for the safety of road workers and motorists. <laughs> yeah, of course. All motorists should allow up to 10 minutes additional travel time. Is that all? So just 10 minutes. Just 10 minutes. Just That's 10. Good. Just good. 10 minutes. So they're going to uh, they're going to close the uh the Weybridge. Mm-hmm. Uh, the oversized there'll be oversized over mass pull-up areas for for drivers with the oversized over mass vehicles to to pull up. Uh, truckers should allow for the delays. The contraflow is going to be in place 24 hours a day to facilitate uh, the concrete uh, pavement slab replacement. Mm-hmm. During the con- contraflow, southbound traffic will be diverted into the northbound lanes with a single lane in each direction. There'll be the reduced speed limit of 70 kilo- uh, sorry, 60 kilometres an hour, as I said. Now, mm-hmm. we live in hope, we live in hope, that they're actually going to do the the other side as well because the other side is just as bad. In fact, mm. it's probably worse. Mm. So uh, I hope that they're going to do that. It always strikes me as wildly amusing that our trucks have got to be roadworthy, but our roads don't have to be truckworthy. Yeah. And it's always slightly ironic right, that the two roughest bits of mongrel gutted road, suspension breaking bits of road, mm. are at the exit and the entry to the safety checking station. Yeah, yep. I mean, the irony meter just goes off the scale. So, anyway, let's see what happens. Uh, I hope they get it all done. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so you'll, you won't have to worry about the Weybridge one way for, for uh, a, a, over, a, but over a week anyway. Well, if you want to get the other side done, mate, you might have to have a whisper in the ear of the special minister of state, roads, the arts, music, the nighttime economy, jobs and tourism. <laughs> you can sort that out for you. Maybe you can. We'll get a bit of arts, tourism and nighttime economy happening out at the Marula yeah. Checking Station. Maybe we can get a Mardi Gras down there or something. Yeah, that'd help. Uh, raise, a, raise a little bit of money to pay for the road work that we already pay for about three times. But anyway, don't start that's right. the breaking news, mate. We're done. All right, buddy. Well, your thought for the week? Okay. According to the late, great Frank Zappa. Frank Zappa. Yep. You can't be a real country unless you have your own beer and an airline. Right. It helps if you have some kind of football team or some nuclear weapons, but at the very least, you need to have your own beer. Right. <laughs> what a legend is Frank. Well, was Frank Zappa. Yeah, well, yeah. What yeah. a great mind. A great mind. What a great musician. Yeah. Ahead of his time. (laughs) 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 Oh, mate. Look, it's been a great pleasure as usual. Always, mate. Always. Yep. We'll get back to it, uh, I suppose, and we'll uh, catch you later on. And shuffle off. All right, buddy. Kermie here from Trucking with Kermie. I listen to On the Road podcasts every week. And when that's done, you might like to pop over to Trucking with Kermie on Facebook for my take on trucking and the people who make the industry what it is. Catch you over there. And in the meantime, take care of you. Line number one, you're supposed to have it all together. 
you doing? Just smile and tell them never better. We just wanted to stop by for a moment and say, G'day, how are you? No, I mean, how are you, really? Physical and mental health is a significant issue for the Australian road transport and logistics industries. Risk factors like long hours, workplace isolation, pressure to meet deadline deliveries and the need for continual alertness all contribute to making us vulnerable to physical and mental health issues. As much as it might feel that way sometimes, you are not alone. There are some incredible people and organisations in our industry whose sole focus is on helping you to stay healthy in body, mind and spirit. All these numbers and addresses are listed on our website at ontheroadpodcast.com.au. Take care of yourselves. We really just want to see everyone get home safe and well. Hi there, this is Bob McMillan. A couple of uh, items to uh, cover today on uh, something to talk about, but we'll start out with a uh, news article that first uh, appeared early in September. Uh, The article said, Company directors are putting their homes on the line as increasingly tough debt collection efforts by the taxman edge many closer to bankruptcy as liquidation and external administrations dumped 18% in August. On top of this, many business owners have returned to unsecured business lending to keep the ATO at bay or fill the cash flow gap left by rising costs or declining sales. These loans are almost always supported by a director guarantee. In August, there were 651 liquidations or administration appointments nationally, according to indicative data from the Australian Securities and Investment Commission. The tally was up 18% from July and 20.5% on August last year. The figures exclude receiverships and company collapses where no home state was listed. Well, I'm not sure how that skews the figures, but anyway... I went searching and I found the figures for the, uh, because as I, as I said here earlier, they're talking about liquidation and administration appointments. Well, obviously, probably close to half of that 651 uh, businesses in trouble are still trying to trade out because I went uh, searching and found the figures for businesses that actually became insolvent and went out and were wound up. And in the uh, state-by-state figures that I found, 292 of that 651 in August were actually wound up. The interesting thing is, I went searching further and I thought, now, I wonder how many of these are trucking or logistics or road transport companies? And you'll be surprised. I uh, I asked a mate to uh, have a guess at out of how many of the 292 he thought might be involved in transport and... uh, he was thinking probably around about a third. Well, he was so far from the mark, he's lonely, because uh, out of 292 insolvencies, there were 12 that I could definitely identify, and another two that I guess were probably transport or logistics because uh, the name didn't actually uh, reflect the, the, you know, the, the type of business they were in, but uh, I couldn't attach them to anything else as far as my... Uh, knowledge or experience is concerned. But anyway, the interesting thing is, out of that, we'll make it 14. 
out of that 14, there were six in New South Wales, one in the ACT, two in Queensland, two in Victoria, none in Tasmania, two in South Australia, one in Northern Territory, and none in Western Australia. So, you know, I didn't work out the percentage, but 14 out of 292, I uh, hardly think that constitutes a crisis. And it got me wondering as to uh, how accurate some of the other figures that are being bandied around at the moment in, uh, in support of the uh, theory that the industry is in crisis might be uh, not entirely accurate. I'll leave that to uh, everyone to think about. But I think it's, uh, you know, I think it's sad that even 14 businesses, you know, went down in, in August. But uh, 14 out of nearly 300, one, I don't think that constitutes a crisis. And two, I, uh, I really think that there's some pretty clever people out there to survive the conditions that have been around the last couple of years. And uh, good luck to them. And if they're taking evasive action like director secured loans and all sorts of stuff to stay afloat, well, good luck to them. I can only wish them all well. But to me, it denotes the lack of any crisis. So uh, we'll leave it there and um, move on to the next subject. Another interesting one uh, for me anyway. I shared uh, a few days ago information with a mate of mine. What I shared was the story from um, LinkedIn about Easter's running the first legal B-triple up and down the coast from uh, Brisbane to Sydney and back again, of course. Anyway, I just shared it, and uh, I got a message back saying part of the problem. And I thought, well, what's all that mean? And uh, what we're looking at here is progress. Like, you know, big triples up the coast, like we've spent all this money on the coast road. We've still got an issue in Coffs Harbour, of course, but uh, uh, I can't see that you can call progress a problem unless it's not properly managed. Well, from the point of view of the operation from Easters and the quality of their gear and the hoops and roundabouts and speed bumps they had to negotiate to get this PBS through. I'm sure that, uh, you know, there's been problems, but uh, they and their, their uh, main customers must think it's all worth the, worth the uh, any problems that came their way. But how progress can be seen as a problem is a little bit beyond me. But it got me thinking, and um, that's not a bad thing. Anyway, I did happen to say that... Uh, if it is a problem, it's not going away anytime soon. So it's where one to be dealt with. And, of course, the next question is, well, where is the United Industry looking at this and um, dealing with it in a positive way? Uh, which, you know, Mike and I are on record for having uh, a, bit, a fair bit to say about the differentials between um, on driver pay between uh, a single trailer and a road train or a B-double or a B-triple, whatever. And um, what sort of proactive action is going on in the background from, say, the, from the Australian Road Transport Industrial Organisation and the TWU to manage this? Progress is going to happen regardless of whether we like it or not. But with progress comes opportunity. Opportunity should be grasped and dealt with, not, you know, not just ignored. And the thing is, if bad habits set in as far as driver remuneration or all sorts of other stuff, like I've said before, isn't it? there's no crisis, but there's, there's all these issues. And uh, people like Easters are doing their best and they're obviously paying their drivers above the award to get experienced and professional men that there's a large shortage of. But even so, um, it, it all needs to be administered and managed by the so-called 
United Industry members. And uh, to me, RTO and the TWU are ignoring an opportunity to, uh, to make a difference, to uh, prove their credentials and to show that they actually are here to do something and mean something positive rather than just sit back and, and bask in the glow of, of uh, supporting something that uh, omnibus legislation I'm talking about, uh, rather than supporting something that really isn't going to do us much good any time soon. So anyway, um, good luck to Easters and their uh, their B triple. I'm, I'm excited for them because uh, I was a very uh, early operator of the B triple across the uh, running coast to coast with bananas from Innisfail and um, meat and produce back from WA and South Australia. I, uh, I, I did nicely out of my B triple and um, I'm proud of what I did. I didn't have to worry about driver remuneration because I was doing it as an owner-operator. But I just see that progress is not really a problem. Well, it can only become a problem if we fail to deal with it, recognise it and act positively in managing it. I just think that uh, there's an opportunity there that hasn't been taken or isn't being taken and um, maybe someone would like to uh, rise to the occasion. It'll be interesting to see if and when they do. Thanks for listening. You can over there, Andy. Yeah, mate, got you go. Mate, we're coming up to that level crossing we were talking about before. Looks like we're going to be stopping. Roger that. Look at the size of that thing. They tell me they take about two k's to stop. That's like 20 times the length of the MCG. Would want to be playing chicken with that. Yeah, copy that. They can't exactly swerve either, can they? They're stuck to the tracks, mate. <laughs> it's not that hard to wait till it's safe to cross and make sure the road's clear on the other side. Yeah, not like that bloke last week who forgot about the length of his trailer. Yeah, I heard about that one. It's not really funny, though, when you think about it. Poor old train driver. Probably been having nightmares ever since. Yeah, I reckon. We're all in the same boat, really, mate. Everyone just wants to get home safe at the end of the day. Yeah, not wrong on that one. There goes the last carriage. Looks like we're safe to head off now. Thanks, Mike. Long way to go. After you, old mate. This is a message from Queensland Rail reminding us that it's important to stay alert and obey any signs and signals when approaching level crossings to help keep you and everyone else safe. For more information, go to www.qr.com.au. Our final song this week is a mark of respect and to remember Steve Harwell, the singer of UK pop sensation Smash Mouth, who sadly lost his battle with acute liver failure a couple of weeks ago. With probably the best known of all their many hits, their super version of the old monkey song I'm a Believer that featured in the movie Shrek. Here's Steve Harwell and Smash Mouth. I saw her face I'm a believer 
On the Road is proudly brought to you by NTI, Australia's leading transport and logistics insurer, and Queensland Rail, committed to improving safety through engineering, innovation and education. Play nice with each other and most of all, stay safe out there. Bye for now. The team here at On The Road believe in the right to free speech, and whilst we might not always be in agreement with the views of our guests and contributors, we support their right to hold and express those opinions.